It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a pro athlete, an exhausted parent, or you spend all day in an office chair, CBDMD wants to give you the support you need to make it through the day. CBD Freeze and Recover are an outstanding duo of topical products with specialized formulas to provide targeted relief where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try Freeze, Recover, and every other CBDMD product, you can take 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com. Promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. It is late on February 12th, 2021. My name is Phil Cross, and I'm the expert insight editor here at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore on today's episode of Locked on Magic, before we get too far away, I do want to talk about a few things out of the Orlando Magic's 111-105 to loss to the Golden State Warriors. We'll talk a little bit as well about tonight's game, although you're probably listening to this after that game takes place, about tonight's game against the Sacramento Kings. That game tips off at 10 o'clock. And then we'll finish our conversation with Stuart Hodge, where we get into some of the big issues facing the Orlando Magic, uh, where, they're, where they stand and what comes next. We'll get into all that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all, you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Golden State Warriors after that game on Thursday? Check out Locked On Warriors following another incredible Stephen Curry game. Want to get a sneak peek or get a recap from our friends at Locked On Kings about the Sacramento Kings? Well, you can check out Locked On Kings. No matter what your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. For our uh, Locked On Today show, um, uh, we've been all submitting uh, recaps of games, um, you know, kind of one-minute snippets for social media as well as for airing on those shows. Um, and and so if you want my, like, kind of raw reaction to the game, um, you can find it on my Twitter account at R underscore MD or at Locked On NBA Pods. Um, I, I really meant what I said uh, in that recap, though. What we watched Thursday night... Um, was one of the gutsiest and one of the most impressive and and one of the most impressive performances we've ever seen from a Magic team. I know Jeff Turner often talks about uh, the game in Seattle. Uh, that is a game of legend because the Magic were able to win that game with just eight players uh, in the middle of a snowstorm uh, at that. But what the Magic were you know able to nearly do uh, on Thursday night was was really nothing short of amazing. Um, it, it is. This team is, as I noted after the game against Portland, is facing impossible circumstances. Uh, no team should have to go through what the Magic are going through right now. 
No team is built to go through what the Magic are going through right now. Um, they are down four of their five regular starters. Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz, uh, Aaron Gordon, and Evan Fournier. They're missing very key players that take on humongous roles for this team, that help this team function. And as, as much as teams have to be prepared for losing players here and there, no team is built to lose four out of their five starters, even if their best player is the one that remains. No team is built for that. On top of that, no team is also you know built to lose several key rotation players like Michael Carter-Williams, like uh, Alf Rugamino. And yeah, I, I get it. Those players may not be the sexiest names in the world as far as role players go, but they are key players of how this team envisioned it would play. And on top of that, then, the Magic lost Cole Anthony on Tuesday night. And in the first quarter of this game against the Warriors on Thursday, they lost Frank Mason. The Magic don't have a point guard. And and again, like Steve Clifford would often say, you know, we need to be better organized. We need to be more organized. And you could brush that off as coach speak, but watch a team play without a point guard and you will find out what it means for a team to be organized, to be well-organized. Effort in this league takes you a long way. But I think what we're seeing is it can only take you so far. I agree with Steve Clifford when he says, and I'll play the clip here in a bit, when he says that the problem with the Magic is not effort. The Magic are playing plenty hard. They are trying their asses off. And yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm sorry if that's a, that word offends anyone at this point, but and it shouldn't. They are trying really, really, really hard. But being able to execute at a high level, being able to, to solve problems, being able to just fight through fatigue is just way too much for this team to do right now. No team is meant to do what the Magic are having to do. To play a game with eight players and no point guard is really close to impossible. And yet, the Magic are probably going to look back at this game with regret, with a feeling that they could have, and maybe should have, won the game. Orlando did a lot of things really, really well. They defended well, they they scrambled well. You know, minus losing Stephen Curry a few times, especially in the first quarter when he made four of his ten three-pointers, the Magic scrambled and made life hard for the Warriors. The Warriors thought they might walk over this Magic team, and that was not the case. Nikola Vucevic even had a poor shooting game, missing a lot of shots, especially early on, that he should have made. And the Magic were right in the game. Not only in the game, they were controlling things. They were leading this game. They got heroic efforts from Ken Birch, from Dwayne Bacon, from James Ennis, a season high for him, from Chuma Okiki with nine points, including three three-pointers in the first, first half. They got heroic efforts that they're going to need again because Frank Mason uh, strained his groin and missed the game or missed the majority of the game after uh, coming up with an injury in the first quarter. This team rallied and banded together. But unfortunately, it was not enough. And the Warriors would go on a 16-0 run in the fourth quarter after Magic took a five-point lead. Shots just wouldn't go down. Um, Steve Clifford made the decision to bring Nikola Vucevic back into the game early, trying to go all out for the win. And just like on Thursday against the Blazers, although I, I don't fault him there as much as I, and I don't fault him here, the shots just would not go down. He could not find his rhythm. Um, I think some of it having to do with perhaps the Warriors being so small and, and not providing the resistance that a center is used to facing. Perhaps just fatigue, having played 41 minutes in the game against the Blazers on Tuesday and having to play another 37, 38 minutes in this one on Thursday. Stephen Curry got himself going again. The Warriors for seven of the Magic's 15 turnovers in the fourth quarter and made them pay on each one. The margin for error for the Magic is still incredibly small, and Orlando quite simply ran out of gas in the fourth quarter. And yet, for a team that is not about moral victories, it felt like there was a lot to be proud of. Uh, in terms of effort, listen, couldn't be prouder of them, and I'm not like that. I, this guy, our guys competed hard the whole game. And Steph was, you know, Steph. Um, and, uh, you know, we had a chance. I mean, to me, in a situation like this, it's, tomorrow night will be the same thing. You want to, on the road against a good team, uh, down numbers, uh, you want to give yourself a chance to win, and we did that. 
let's be very, very clear. That is not a typical Steve Clifford response to a game. Uh, he has been outright dismissive of moral victories in his time in Orlando. It's been part of the major culture change that he has brought to this team. Uh, but this was an, an exceptional circumstance. And as we would later say, when I asked him about the team trying to get out of the rut, he would say, the only reason we're where we are is because of injuries. Um, it's because we're missing so many guys, and it's not just Markel Fultz. It's the cascading effect of all the injuries the Magic have faced. I can't say that I disagree with him on that front either. I do think that there are still holes. There are still things that this Magic team has to do better, and I think Clifford would admit to that too. But through all these injuries, the Magic are still trying. The Magic are still fighting. The Magic are still trying to give themselves their best chance to win. Friday night against Sacramento Kings will not be easy. A lot of guys, essentially everyone, except for Mo Bamba, which we'll talk a little bit more about him later on in the show. Everyone played a ridiculous amount of minutes, 30-plus minutes for almost every player on the team. Um, There are going to be tired bodies, and the kind of effort that we saw Thursday night is really easy to do when you had a day of practice in between. It is much harder to do on a back-to-back. And while the trip from San Francisco to Sacramento is not particularly long, this is going to be an incredibly difficult game. Um, If the Magic show the same kind of fight that they showed on Thursday night, um, there'll be still plenty to be proud of. Um, But obviously, Magic are hopeful they'll get some guys back. Um, Evan Fournier is still listed as doubtful. Uh, it looks like Michael Carter-Williams is off the injury report, which means he might be back giving the Magic nine healthy bodies and someone who can play point guard um, uh, You know, uh, in this game. But there's just not a lot the Magic can do, man. The Magic played really, really well on Thursday night, and it still wasn't enough to get a win. Um, so Magic are hopeful that things can turn around soon and that they can hopefully get a little bit healthy. We'll turn to our conversation with Stuart Hodge coming up here in just a moment so we can finish that off for you and get you to your weekend. But before we do any of that, betonline.eg is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for your welcome bonus deposit. Don't forget to to check out the Locked On Today podcast. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in less than 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. File with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. And now, next question that I move on to is the, the talking point that's everywhere right now. Mobamba. So, what's your understanding of the reason as to why Mobamba is not featuring more? Ooh, that's a loaded question. Um, my understanding is that, you know, as much as Magic fans have given up on the season, mm-hmm. um, they are still just a game and a half out of the tenth place, tenth place in the East, which gets them in the play-in tournament. Um, and and again, if the play-in tournament was designed to keep teams 
that were clearly not going to make the playoffs, at least uh, give them at least a puncher's chance of making the playoffs. Mission accomplished. Um, you know, I do think that in a typical season, we'd probably be thinking the Magic are are done at this point. And again, they're probably not. But done. we we, is, we will be anyway. Like the east, the time. east is really bad. It's a matter. I agree. It's probably a matter of time. But right now, um, the Magic are still very much in the playoff hunt. Um, Magic still believe that they can make a playoff run. They still believe they can make a playoff push. They still believe that they can turn things around. And again, good more power to them. They should believe that they're they're playing. They're not thinking about the future they're thinking about today and what they can do to be better today. Steve Clifford believes that Ken Birch gives the team the best chance to win. Um, he is, you know, very clearly looking at Ken and seeing a guy who's having a career season. Um, you know, again, Ken Birch is not playing poorly. He is playing very, very, very well. Um, and it's hard to justify taking a player out who is playing well when you are still trying to win. Um, I, I I don't think Ken Birch is the reason the Magic are winning or losing games right now. And again, it cuts both ways, obviously. He's not costing them games, but he's also not winning them games, perhaps in a way that a player uh, of Mobamba's impact can. But Clifford is very much, and I think this is his biggest strength as well as his biggest weakness. Mm-hmm. Clifford is very much about structure and continuity. He wants to play players with the same players at all points of the game. He doesn't want a ton of surprises. He doesn't like mixing and matching lineups. I'm sure he is super uncomfortable with the kind of lineups he's had to put out there because of all the injuries. Um, But he wants to maintain kind of structure and normalcy as much as he can. And the fact of the matter is, Mobamba missed a lot of training camp through no fault of his own. He 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 was injured to an extent. Um, he wasn't able to practice because of because of a health issue. Um, he missed a lot of training camp. And this season, there's been zero time to practice, zero time to do any live practice uh, and see where he's at and see if he's better than what Birch is giving you. And, and Clifford is not a coach that's just going to go and throw Bomba to the Wolves and, and leave, all, leave, his, leave everyone else kind of trying to figure out how to play with someone new in the middle of the game. It's, it's a really bad circumstance. Mo doesn't deserve it either. Mo has earned a chance to keep his, his spot. Um, he didn't lose it through any fault of his own. It wasn't because he was playing poorly. He was playing really well, I thought, uh, toward the end of last season. And obviously, he's he's done everything that's been asked of him when he's gotten into games so far this year. Um, it's, it's an unfortunate situation. I just don't think the Magic have reached the what I call the point of pain where the season is too far gone not to be trying to do what they think is best to win instead of what's best for the future of the franchise. Yeah, well, but that that seems to me that that seems to me to be a very naive way to look at it. Yeah, and, and, and let me and let me let me let me be clear on this too. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I, I'm not saying from you. I no, mean no, from the, no, no, those, I, but, the but I, I, I need to, I need to make this clear because I don't always make this clear. When I say this argument, I am presenting what I believe the team is thinking. Yeah, no, no, no. I get that. So that that, that does not mean that does not mean that's what I believe. What um, do you believe? I I I believe that this Magic team needs to mix something up. Um, And obviously the injuries have taken away a lot of options. The only thing that the Magic haven't tried is Mo Bamba for Ken Birch. And I do think that deserves a very serious look. And it's not Ken's fault. It's not anyone's fault. That's just the only move that they have in their back pocket. And, you know, again, I think Ken Birch and Mo Bamba as players are about even. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that you put Mo Bamba in, everything's going to be magically better, pun intended. Um, <laughs> but I do think that this team right now needs someone who can make a play, who can impact the game in a very serious way. And as inconsistent as Mo Bamba can be, he has that potential. He gives the Magic another offensive weapon. He gives them another shooting weapon that they don't have. And, and Ken Birch's offense has been much better, but yeah, essentially but everyone's still is. ignoring Ken Birch. Yeah, but, but that's Ken Birch, a, it is what it is. Ken Birch isn't going to, he's not going to score yeah. from beyond the arc. Yeah. Whereas, and, whereas Mobile and all, can and, do that. Yeah. And and every stat, and, and this is this is true last year, and, and this is true in every, everything. You know, Clifford likes to cite that, you know, Ken Birch is one of the best screeners in the league. And he is. You know, he's among the leaders for screen assists for 36 minutes. Mm-hmm. Last year, Mo Bamba was better than Ken Birch on screen assists screen assist per 36 minutes. Uh, you, talk about, you talk about offensive rebounding. You know, you, Ken Birch is a great offensive rebounder. 
Mo Bamba is right there with him. So I do agree. I, I, I understand. I, I don't think Clifford is in an easy situation. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, for whatever reason, he prefers Ken Birch. And I don't know if that's fair or not that he does. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily wrong to continue playing Ken Birch. But every argument that, that people make, and I've made these arguments too in, in defending the team, and I, I tend to defer to the team because they have more information than we do. Of course. Um, every argument that a lot of people make for Ken Birch, Mo Bamba is right there with him. Um, and so I, I do agree we have hit a point where it's at least worth a look. Um, the, the idea that I have is I think that, you know, Steve Kerr used to do this a lot with the Warriors in their championship days um, was, you know, tell Leandro Barbosa, tell Anderson Vergeau, hey, mm-hmm. I'm going to sit you for this game and for this game. Just kind of pick it out on the calendar, which games he's going to sit his veteran players so that younger players could get a chance in the game. Now, obviously, they have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and all those guys to bail them out if those minutes go terribly wrong. But I do think that Mo didn't lose his job. His job was taken from him because of because of injury. And Cam has played fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But I do think that Clifford needs to make it a point to get Mo minutes and no, just that, see what it looks like. You're not losing anything at this. No, point. you're you're not you're not losing anything. In fact, if you actually look at what he's doing when he comes onto the floor, he's impacting the game. He's impacting the game offensively and he's impacting it defensively. The other thing that I've noticed about Mo Bamba is he's playing with a bit more of a motor. You know, um, he's also deceptively quick going from one end of the court to the other. So if we want to be a team that plays in transition, which it looked at the start of the season, like that was the the eventual sort of goal to get to that point, then that, that's another question that, that raises the sort of idea of, right, what do we do with Nikola Vucevic? Because if you play with Nikola Vucevic, as great as he is, there's you're playing a certain way. You're playing to his strengths and you're building your team around that. If you want to give your team a bit more versatility in the way that they can approach it, then maybe you're better with a center that's less of a focal point and more someone that can do a few more things and maybe play in transition, maybe a bit more um, in terms of sort of blocking stuff and things like that, rather than a, a creative offensive focal point. Because I think you can build the rest of the pieces around that to make it work better. So that's that's my problem at the moment is I just feel that we've done this. Let's sort of sit on our cards and, and not put any chips on the table for way too long. This now feels like the point where the Magic front office, I think there's a year left in the contract after this, right? Yes, yeah. Their their contract expired at the end of 2022. So if that's the case, right? If, they, if it runs to the end of 2022 and next year, let's, I mean, Please, the heavens, none of this same injury sort of nonsense that we've got right now. But it now feels like, yeah, we've been... I think every time we've spoken before, me and you have agreed that, okay, yeah, we understand the reasons for not doing anything. We we understand the reasons for patience. And you can kind of make the same argument again when you say... Yeah, do you know what? Injuries have hit this season. That's the reason the team's not competitive. And do you know what? Yeah, it's good to keep the culture of competing every night. And I think that is an important thing. That is a massive thing that has improved about the Magic in the last two to three years. But what you've got to do is you've also got to look at the way that the chips are falling and say, hey, you know, we need to actually play to the future of the franchise. And the way to play to the future of the franchise is give Mobamba minutes to ensure that we maximise the value we can get from any potential trades we can do approaching the deadline this year and the the third point of that for me is ensuring that when the injured players do come back we have a roster that fits around them rather than this kind of hybrid of trying to fit two different types of team into one because that's what it's been this patience for for, for all that is yielded as it's always seemed like the magic have got a different team that's playing in terms of the starters and then when the bench comes on, we turn into a totally different team, pretty much relying on one guy to score as well for the most part. But it's almost like there's a kind of hybrid vision. Whereas I think what you've got to do is you've got to actually focal, make a focal point and say, this is our vision. This is what we are going to be and make the moves based on that. The front office are always saying, yeah, we're going to make the moves when they present themselves as and when they come up. And yeah, I'm not saying that they haven't proactively tried to shop. I'm not saying they've, they've not tried to shift players or, or, or done it for that reason. But now's the time. You cannot not be aggressive now. Because if you just stay in this position, then you go nowhere. Like, And what we become is next year, even with everyone fit, 
it's like we've still got decisions to make. We've still got moves to make before we get to the point that we want to get to. What we can do is we can circumnavigate another year of indecision by making those moves now. We're going to get a high draft pick anyway. We need to get that right. That's a different sort of question. And I'm sure closer to draft time, me and you will have a chat about that. But this feels like the point where they have to go, right, do you know what? What team are we going to be? Let's let's decide that now. And let's make moves based on what that's going to look like. And once we know, we're going to see, approaching this trade deadline, we are going to see what the magic are, are going to be moving forward because they're going to have offers and it's a case of whether they choose to cash in or not. And if they choose not to, if the Magic don't make one single move before this trade deadline, then my confidence in this front office will have been pretty much shot because I've always been a big defender. I've liked the way that they've approached it. I think everything they've done so far, for the most part, you can put as a pass. Maybe a C, it's a B grade, maybe fall into a C grade now, but it's still at a pass. If you do nothing before this trade deadline, then that for me just smacks of a complete lack of ambition and decisiveness. So it feels like the time that moves have to be made. For sure. And, and, and I think, and I mean, I, again, I've, I've said constantly that this season, regardless of the injury to Jonathan Isaac, the playoffs were the goal. And, and, and you can certainly say that injuries were the reason why the Magic aren't making the playoff, aren't going to make the playoffs this year. But this season is a failure um, at this point. Um, if the Magic don't write the ship, don't make the playoffs, the season is a failure. That is the standard. And, and, and we have to see how this front office responds to failure. Um, that's that's a huge measure of what they of who they are and what they believe in and what they want this team to do. Because, you know, we all sensed it last year that this team had kind of reached its peak, that they have gone as far as they can go. And this year it feels like that even more. Um, that you know they've they've kind of just they've kind of snapped they've they've broken their limits. Now obviously you know you get a high draft pick your future is tied to that pick. Um, you know if, if you're drafting first second third fourth or whatever, your future is tied to that pick. That's a pick you got to get right. Um, you know even you know even before this season, I, I would tell everyone like look, I don't know what the next move is, but the next move is the one you got to get right. Um, and and I, I don't necessarily disagree with them waiting for the right move. But you're right. Time is running out. Evan Fournier is a free agent this summer. He's you're either getting something for him or getting nothing for him. Aaron Gordon becomes a free agent in two years. You got you know you you made the big investment in Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz. Jeff Wellman's tenure, frankly, is now tied to what Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz do. Those are the big those are the big money moves that he made. Those are the big gambles that he made. And if those gambles pay off, everyone's going to hail him and love him. If they do not, this team's going to be stuck in a very bad place for a very, very long time. And again, some of that might not be his fault because they're both dealing with fairly serious injuries. Yeah, but is um, that not is that not is he not partly to blame for investing big contracts in players no, that have both sure. shown a history of of injury, sure. serious sure. injury? Oh no, for sure. Uh, you know, again, uh, like everyone, everyone said, like, why didn't the Magic take a risk? I was like, well, they did. They signed Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz. Those might be obvious risks to take because they're so young and they're so good. But, you know, we've seen, we saw what happened with Grant Hill. You know, like, you sign a guy on crutches, don't be surprised if he stays on crutches. Now, I, I think medical uh, understanding has advanced a ton and, and, and how these guys train and, and, and how these guys evaluate injuries has, has jumped leaps and bounds and to the point where, you know, I think the Grant Hill situation wouldn't have happened the way it did. And, and there's a lot of reasons why the Grant Hill situation happened the way it did so that, that we don't need to get into today. Um, but, but, yeah, um, if, if Isaac can't play that's that's a huge that's a huge albatross hanging around your neck that's putting a lot more pressure on whoever you draft in this year's this year's draft i mean if it you know that that there are really good players you know i've watched a few of them already there are really good players in this draft that you can build teams around uh, or mm-hmm. that you think you can build teams around um and you got to get you got to pick the right guy um you know you know if you pick you know it's if you pick i'm trying to think of a good example but if you pick a guy who's a solid star if you pick Marvin Williams, who was a solid player in the NBA for a long time, mm-hmm. and Chris Paul goes next, or Darren Williams goes next, you're going to get criticized for making that pick. And that, you know, even if you know, I'm someone that believes with the draft, you just won an NBA player. When you're that high in the draft, you need to do a little bit better. And certainly, that's why Hennigan no longer has a job or no longer had a job with Orlando. Was he spent a lot of high draft picks on guys who were not all stars? You know, Victor Oladipo, with a slight asterisk on that because he, he wasn't an all star here. 
Um, he spent a lot of high draft picks on guys that weren't stars. I mean, again, Hennigan's plan was let's be bad for two years. Let's accumulate some draft, some draft uh, prospects, and then we'll build from there. The guy that they tanked for two years to get was, ended up to be Aaron Gordon. And that obviously didn't pan out any way that the team thought it would. Um, the Magic need to make sure they get that pick right, number one. And then the next trade they make has to be a good one. All right, you know, again, not necessarily a trade that you run away win, but you have to get a player that's going to fit this team and be a, you know, a big part of this team or play a role on this team moving forward. Let's take a quick break so we can talk about something that we've talked about so often on the show. Built Bar has been a sponsor of this show for a long time. I have extolled the values of Built Bar. It is the protein bar for people that don't like protein bars, to be perfectly honest. It tastes like a candy bar. It's covered in chocolate. It's got all the protein you need, all in most of them under or less than 130 calories per bar. This is really some great stuff, and they've got some great new flavors. If you tried the cookie dough chunk built bar, you'll love the coconut brownie chunk built bar. Dark chocolate, coconut, and real brownie chunks. It doesn't get any better than that. Look, the bar is everything you could ask for. 15 grams of protein, 7 grams of sugar, and just 150 calories. This bar is only available for a limited time. It will be gone tomorrow. It may already be gone, so go to Built Bar right now and get it today. Built Bar, the best protein bar that I have ever tried on the market. Check it out today. Fridays on Locked On NBA. Join Anthony Irwin of Locked On Lakers and Adam Morris of Locked On Nuggets for a wrap-up of the biggest stories around the league. Anthony and Adam bring you game recaps, weekend previews, and a weekly NBA power ranking you cannot miss. Subscribe to Locked On NBA podcast today, wherever you get podcasts. We'll be back with our conversation with Stuart Hodge in just a moment. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing. And it feels like the limbo is now over. And, and that's it. And that's going to be that's going to be what I'm watching in, in the time sort of the, the, that's remains between now and the deadline and then we're going to have a high draft pick but again no, just to circle back to this Mo Bamba situation what what I don't get is when he was drafted a lot of the reason for drafting him wasn't it I mean and I know everyone points to the wingspan and the metrics and all of that stuff right but a lot of the talk and a lot of what was said about him was because he was such a cerebral guy. He was like a real thinker, a really intelligent guy. There were some Ivy League schools that were looking at him based on his intellect, let alone his sporting prowess. So when you think of something like that and you think of a guy that is of that ilk, right, and he's looking at his position in the roster being clogged up by a guy who, to be honest, was brought because he was playing pretty well in the Euro League in, in Greece, I think it was, with, with Ken Birch. And a guy that, let's be honest, I mean, that's a guy that is, yeah, a decent backup centre in the NBA for a team, but there, there's there's nothing you look with Ken Birch where you say, yeah, let's hang our, our future of our franchise on this guy. There's nothing forward-looking about having Ken Birch in the team in front of Mo Kem Merch makes a playoff team better. He doesn't make a non-playoff team better. That's a good that's, that's, analogy. That's the best. Like if you have if you have three or four guys who are going to do all the scoring for you, Kem Merch makes their job easier. When you need some more offense in your lineup, 
Ken Birch, I mean, again, Ken Birch is going to help a little bit. I'm not, again, he's having a really good season, guys. But he's not taking a team that's in the lottery up a notch. He's taking a playoff team maybe up a notch, but he's not taking a team with where the Magic are at up a notch. Whereas Mo definitely has the potential to do so. And again, to me, that's a reason to try him. I'm not guys, saying you've got to, full you've time, got to give him a minute. try him. You've got to give, him, give a him a try. Give Like the dude, again, my big thing is reward the kid for his work. He has worked his butt off to get back. He's done everything the coaching staff has asked him to. I, I was a bench warmer my entire entire basketball career. All I wanted was just, you know, I didn't want to play meaningful minutes, but I, I knew I wasn't that good. But I, I got angry when I was like, you know what? We're getting blown out. You know, I, I get that you want to try and get the starters some, some extra reps, but I put, I put my work in. I'm at practice every day. Just give me that little bit of a reward. That's all I've ever, that's all I would ask for. Yeah, and, yeah, but, and, but Mo Bamba, Mo Bamba's a top 10 NBA draft pick, right? So anyone that's drafted there should be expecting, I would say, starters minutes. I mean, right? I, eventually, by this yeah. point in their career. Now, I'm not yeah. saying, I'm not saying that in the Magic's particular situation where Nicola, I, 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 I mean, I gotta, I gotta, I, I mean, I'm sorry, I gotta interrupt and stop, stop the argument there. I get the whole thing. He was the sixth pick in the draft or, or whatever picky picky yeah, was. Six, six. And, and you should be, you should be invested in him and like that. But, you know, honestly, NBA people don't think like that. Um, you know, that's the way fans think. Um, at this point, he is three years into his career. He is no longer six. You know, I, I say this with Markel Fultz all the time. Markel Fultz is probably not first, first overall selection Markel Fultz anymore. He's no, probably never going to be that guy. Um, he's just a player. Mitigated um, by injury in his case. Yes. Yeah. 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 But like, I don't. I, I don't think NBA personnel think of Mo Bamba as he's the sixth pick in the draft. We need to play him. He is a player, and it's about what he can do on the court and what he's shown he can do on the court. And again, I I grant you, he hasn't been given a lot of opportunity. There have been a there was a leg injury his rookie year that slowed down his development. There was COVID that slowed down his development. A lot of this stuff has been out of his control. And yeah, I, I think Nikola Vucevic coming on the way that he did in Moe's rookie year um, changed the calculus. If, if the Magic knew Vuce was going to be this good, I don't know if they take Moe to be that, that, that's, a, that's an interesting point. And I think I think actually it could be the thing that, that having drafted someone in that position. The, the it's, a bit, Magic, it's a bit like Aaron Rodgers at the Packers, right? So the Packers yeah. draft a quarterback and Aaron Rodgers has the year they had, you know, um, in the first round. So I think... Yep. I think if you look at that, that might have had a fa- been a factor in Vucevic's development. The, the, he's the Magic, always developed when it, when it came when it came to Mobamba's development, the Magic's goals changed overnight his rookie year. Um, and 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 I think again, Mo was given the chance, and he, and he played all right in his rookie year. Was, we knew it would take it would take some time. It would take some some a little bit for him to get better. Um, he played a lot better his second year. I thought Mo last year was significantly better than Kem. Um, so again, coaches like to say this too. Um, you know, you should never lose your job because of an injury, unless a guy is like, clearly better, be, the better option. Mm-hmm. You know, again, Kem has played well. I don't think he deserves to lose the opportunity to play. Um, but this Magic team needs to change something. Mo has done everything that's been asked of him. He has shown that he can contribute. He can play at a high level. I, I think it's. I mean, I think it's worth a serious look. I mean, again, so I don't how, think how do you avoid? Hurt. How do you avoid like pissing these players off? Because that's the thing. Like I, I'm looking at, it's, I'm looking at this situation I mean, now, and I'm thinking, right? How long does he give it before he goes? Do you know what? I mean, what do they want me to do to to, to get minutes here? Oh, uh, I'm sure he's. I mean, I'm sure he's already there, and it's just you know his personality is not to you know most most kind of a quiet you know Mo can be kind of a quiet, understated guy at times, but yeah, uh, from from everything that I've I've seen, like he's he's playful, but he can be you know he he wants to listen, and he wants to learn. I think that's that's very clear too. But cerebral you know, again, yeah. I think I mean honestly, like. We know we know Steve Clifford had this problem in Charlotte where certain young players just don't hit his eye. Um, where you know Kem Kem is very much a Steve Clifford player. Like like don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, I don't think that I don't think there's a problem between Mo and, and Coach Clifford. I'm sure there's some confusion and there's frustration um, uh, on Mo's part to say like well, you know like what more can I do? But I don't think there's a problem between the two. I think you know Cl- you know Clifford said you know I want Mo to roll more. He, he showed that in the game against the Bulls in that fourth quarter. He, he rolled more in that quarter than I've seen him roll in two years yeah. um, on screen and rolls. And that's a huge step for him. Like that's like, again, my big thing is reward the kid for his work. He showed that he's going to listen. He showed that he's going to be coachable. He made an impact in that game. He brought Zach Levine back into a game that the Bulls were leading by 33. 
uh, again, that's not all Mo, but that that was a huge impactful quarter. Um, even in garbage time, even in meaningless minutes, like he made the meaningful. Yeah. Uh, and, and so like my like my big complaint, and again, I, I I know I'm hedging my bet here, and I'm playing, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. Kem has not played poorly. I, I do think there's justification to play Kem, but Mo has put in the work. He's done everything that's been asked for him. Reward the kid. Give that, him, give him a look, a serious look. You brought us round to my next question. Now, Steve Clifford, I think, has been a, a, a fantastic coach, all, all sort of pound for pound for the Orlando Magic. He made us win again. He made us work hard again. He did all of the things that when he was brought in as coach, and we did a podcast about it, me and yourself, everything that we expected him to do, he has done. And fair play to him, he has delivered upon all of those expectations. And I'll be honest, in terms of the, the kind of creative side of the offense, I've actually learned a bit about sort of how you can be a bit more creative and definitely things like sort of plays out of timeouts and stuff like that. There's so many positive, positive aspects to his coaching. However, the one big question that me and you raised at the time was player development and the development of especially the younger players in the roster around that and where, where the ceiling of the franchise could be with Steve Clifford as a coach. Now, my question, unfortunately this year, he's been hamstrung because he's not going to get the chance to show whether he can lift that ceiling any further. And I definitely think he deserves next year to try. Like he deserves a goal with the Nobody's nobody's job nobody's job should be in jeopardy here. Not not at all. Not at all. However, I think it's a worthwhile question to ask. If we feel that Steve Clifford is hindering the development of some of these young players by, for example, not giving Mo Bamba minutes, um, if that's the case, then surely taking a holistic look at the whole thing, you have to wonder. What is what is the lifespan and, and what is the point at which you start to ask questions? Is Steve Clifford the best coach for this franchise? Because look at Cole Anthony, for example, if you want the flip side. Cole Anthony's going in there. Greg Anthony's saying how he thinks Steve Clifford's an amazing coach and um, really, really keeping his kid hungry. And Cole Anthony's been brilliant. I think he'll definitely get plenty of triple doubles in his NBA career. I think the magic of, of, of really hit, hit well in that draft pick. And I'm glad, by the way, because he was the one I wanted us to get and I called it. Um, but I, uh, I look at the whole sort of thing around particularly big men on the roster. And I just think... Mm. So what 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 is it? Because I think Clifford's a bit of a bluff old traditionalist in terms of what he wants from his big men. I think he wants his big men to screen and he wants his big men to rebound and he's not actually that bothered if they can stretch the floor or not, which is kind of, kind of. And now I get Nikola Vucevic does that anyway and he's really good at utilising everything that Nikola Vucevic has got in his arsenal. But I, I think if you ask Steve Clifford like what he sees his archetypal big man doing... I don't think he necessarily wants them at the edge of the key shooting the three. So that kind of, that raises a question about stylistically, what are the magic going to be? Is there a, is there a disengagement between what the front office are, are picking in, in drafts and in terms of what they are, they're bringing in talent wise and what Steve Clifford's vision is for the team? How is that marrying up? Is it marrying up? well or is it just that hybrid state that we spoke about where the team is kind of trapped between its now and its future yeah i think i mean i think it's the latter um you know i think i mean and clifford had this issue in charlotte too where the front office just could not put together a roster that seemed to fit and make sense consistently um you know clifford likes strong fundamentally sound defensive teams i mean jeff weltman said it day one when they hired uh, Steve Clifford was Steve Clifford teams are hard to play against. That's the, the hallmark of a Steve Clifford team. They don't turn the ball over. They, you know, they, they, they play solid fundamental basketball. They rebound. Well, they stop transition. They do just the very basic things that make it hard to beat you. And, and I do. And again, I, I said this earlier in another context, it is absolutely true. Steve Clifford's biggest strength is also his biggest weakness. He's very good at building the foundation and giving the team the chance, the the place to grow from, to Mm -hmm. be successful, to experience even just a baseline of winning. I mean, again, this, this will, you know, this season will likely go down as Steve Clifford's worst head coaching, you know, season record wise. 
Um, and we will blame, you know, we can certainly blame all the injuries for it, but his worst seasons in Charlotte were all 35 win seasons because the way that he has his team playing and he has players believing in that well enough, the way that they play um, makes it very, very hard to lose a ton of games. You're going to be in games enough that you're going to win a few of them. Mm -hmm. Um, But having said that, and I think we saw this a little bit early in the season, um, he, he, you know, we certainly saw this last year with, with how he brought Fultz along, which again, I I think, I think there was a plan with Markel Fultz. And I do think that they followed that plan to some fan chagrin you know, just taking a little longer to get to that next step than I think a lot of fans were uh, ready, were, were, were prepared to see. Um, he's very methodical like that, though. He he wants to see a team accomplish step one before they move to step two, uh, you know, and, and really accomplish step one, like master step one before they move to step two. And so development does come slowly, I think, for a lot of young players on this team. Again, Markel Fultz last year was a great example where we, you know, again, he was in the starting lineup five games in the season. So I don't want to hear this, this stuff that he doesn't play young players. Like if you're good enough, you will play. That's, that's the bottom line mm-hmm. on the he sees that you're good enough, at least. Cause again, he's, he wants to test everything in practice. It's the, the thing that Clifford lacks is the very thing that this magic team lacks right now is just kind of this ability to improvise, um, to, to be able to change things and adjust on the fly. Um, I, I think that Steve Clifford, you know, wants to, He's going he's gonna to come up with an idea, and if he thinks it's game ready, he's going to try it, and he's going to try it, and he's going to try it until it is beyond doubt that it can fail. Um, if, if I had a criticism for Steve Clifford um, in, his three, in his three seasons with the Magic, it's that he is probably stuck with things, you know, again, just a hair too long that were clear that they were not going to work. Um, you know, again, everyone, did, you know, just got him for the, the Ken Birch, Nikola Vucevic lineups, they're absolutely right too. It was clear it wasn't working very early on last year. Mm-hmm. It was clear it wasn't working this year. And again, that might've been done out of necessity with the players that, that Clifford just trusts on this roster. It was clear it wasn't working. And yet, you know, he stuck with it a, a lot longer than he probably should have. And, and it wasn't because, you know, he didn't, he didn't understand it wasn't working. It was because he wants to make sure it wasn't working. He wants to give it every bit of chance to, 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 to work and he needs the time in a practice or to, or to, you know, to try and find a way to, to find a replacement because, you know, making rotation is a lot harder than people think. Yeah, of course. Um, so I, I think that Clifford's structure, you know, the, and his organization is what makes him a really good coach. Yep. But it's also what holds him back in a lot of ways. It forces makes, the team. Him, it forces the team to play a certain way. So if you yeah. look at loads of post-match interviews or pre or whatever, what the magical says, we need to play this way to win, right? And the reason that that's ingrained in their heads is because that's what the coaching staff are telling them. Now, would the identity of how the magic need to play to win in the heads of the players be different if the coaching staff's now, mentality was I mean, different, now, now, then now, I now, think I, it might be. Now I would I would give Clifford credit on this. Um, you know, he you know, last year he talked a lot about pace very early on, and, and the magic's pace didn't really increase. This year, before Fultz's injury, they were playing at a much faster pace. They were getting up the up the up and down the floor a lot quicker, they were getting into their sets a lot quicker. You know, having a rookie point guard running your team changes a lot of things. Um, it is hard, you know, the point guard position is probably the hardest in, in the league to master. Um, and it, you know, Cole Anthony, even now, I think Cole Anthony is playing a lot better. Um, I think he is, I think if the Fultz injury had happened now, Cole Anthony would be more prepared to start than he was back in January. Um, but even now I would say, you know, Cole Anthony probably shouldn't be starting yet. He's probably not ready no. to start yet. Um, he's been forced to do so, but um, that cha- uh, that changed how the Magic wanted to play. Um, and again, the thing that I think Clifford is really, really bad at, I mean, maybe not really, really bad at, but isn't the strongest at, is adjusting on the fly. Is saying, our circumstances have changed. We need to figure out a new way to play on the fly, whereas he'd rather set that base in training camp and have everything grow from there rather than have to figure things out, you know, kind of willy-nilly. Like he doesn't, he's, he's not going to go out there and try a lineup that just pops into his head in the middle of a game just because. Um, you know, honestly, mm-hmm. and I'll give him credit for this, playing Nikola Vucevic all, 48, uh, all 24 minutes in the second half in Tuesday's loss of the Blazers, um, that is not something Steve Clifford would normally do. 
Um, even in the playoffs, that is not yeah. something that he would normally do. If the Magic had done that in game four, they might have won game four against Milwaukee. Um, that, that, that is the fact. Like the, the Magic lost that game when Vucevic came out of the game uh, in the, at the beginning of the fourth quarter. That's, that's, that's where the Magic lost that, that, uh, lost that game, game four. Mm -hmm. And yeah, probably lost that series too. Um, so there, there is, you know, there is some flexibility there, but it, not much. It's not his preference. This, this honestly, this season has probably made Steve Clifford more uncomfortable than any season before. Um, this is, this is putting Clifford in spots that he is, that are not his strengths. And, and I think we are seeing that play out this season as, as much as anything else. We will have to finish this conversation on Monday. Still a lot to get to, including my early thoughts on the NBA draft. I want to thank Stuart Hodge for coming on the show, uh, as he has um, several times in the past, uh, just to kind of get put me on blast a little, put me on, on the hot seat a little bit, uh, make me ask some pointed questions. I hope I gave some clear answers. I know sometimes I, I tend to toe the party line or, or be less emotional on some of my response on Twitter. So I hope I, I made some of my points a little bit clearer. Uh, you can follow Stuart, of course, on Twitter at Haji the Hack, H-O-D-G-E-Y-T-H-E-H-A-C-K. Um, and we'll have him back on to finish this conversation on Monday, as well as a recap of the Magic's game against the Phoenix Suns, which has been moved to 9 o'clock on Sunday night. So get excited for that. The Atlanta Magic take on the Sacramento Kings tonight on Friday at 10 o'clock. So hopefully this tides you over until then. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore MD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter and live during the game at omagicdaily. Be sure to subscribe as well to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for tuning in late here on a Friday or whenever you're listening to this. Until next time, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this is Phil Foster. We'll see you all next time for another episode of Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.